Right, so I didn't have a topic, a uh, specific topic for today. What I wanted to do is just highlight some of the things that I've gone through in my career. Um, you know, just start right at the beginning. There was someone who asked me some questions about where I started out and that kind of stuff. So I figured, hey, let me just, for, just for this week, um, just not plan anything and just, you know, just talk, basically. So um, originally, I am from Uganda. My parents, uh, my parents grew up there. Uh, then they decided to move to South Africa. They had me in Lesotho um, in 1989. Um, I grew up in East London, in the Eastern Cape. Uh, I was there and right until matric. Uh, in 2007, when I was in matric, uh, in about June, I started making beats. Right? My parents wanted me to study, obviously, but um, like I'd study, but I'd still make beats like all the time. I didn't go out, I didn't do much. Uh, the following year, I went to Cape Town to go study physiotherapy. Um, Second day there, I met a guy called D-Mania. He's that clown that you see in some of my videos. Um, and yeah, he, he, one day he said he rapped. Uh, I said I make beats, and it basically it started there. Um, while I was in res, that's all I did, just make music. Uh, while I was there, there were a couple of people that I collaborated on with um, certain songs, certain events. There was a pageant that I did music for. There were a, a couple of gigs that um, I organized myself when I was that side, when I was in Cape Town. Uh, none of them were huge, but they were all like really, really big learning um, learning points, right? Um, while I, I think it was in second year, um, when I was on vacation back in East London, I, I was in the car, I think I was going to the mall, and I heard this song called I Tried on the radio in East London. So I hit up a guy called Blackfamous. He was on Ground Zero on True FM. And I was like, dude, who is this guy? He was like, his name's P.O. I think he's based in Joburg, but he's originally from East London. I was like, oh, snap. At least I've got something that I can, you know, open the conversation with. So when I got back to Cape Town, uh, I made a couple of beats, uh, got onto Facebook when it was still quite fresh. And I found his name and I sent him a message. And I said, dude, um, I'm from the same place as you, you know, I make beats, um, I, I dig that song I was playing on the radio. I was just trying to be as honest as possible. And from there, yeah, that's basically where everything started. I asked him whether I could send him a beat. Um, I sent him a beat that ended up being a track that he did with Jay Lawless, right? Um, fast forward a bit, came to Joburg 2012. Um, I met up with Jay Lawless and I literally, I sat in his studio. That's all I did, I just sat there. Um, when the guy had sessions, I was there just hanging around. This was all after work, by the way, after my nine to five. At four, 4.30, I went through to his place and I stayed there until he basically, until it was, like he didn't care, he was working anyway. So sometimes I'd stay there till 3 a.m., other days till five, other days till six, and then I'd go straight to work. Well, I'd go via my place and then I'd go straight to work. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of time spent just trying to learn, you know, the situation, trying to learn what mixing is, what mastering is. Um, same time I was, uh, you know, just trying to save up. Mind you, when I got to Joburg, I didn't have a car. I, I took taxis everywhere, um, and yeah, I just saved up every little piece of everything that I could until I was able to afford that equipment. Right from there. Um, the one of the places uh, I remember when I was sitting in my room at one of the places I was renting at, I opened up my computer and 
I saw that I could blog, right? So I started this blog and I was like, what the hell am I going to put on this blog? So um, I started answering questions, basically things that people had asked me, information that I knew. I just started answering things and just writing a blog post. Surely for like the first 100 posts, no one said anything to me. I had zero comments, zero interactions. Um, another thing I did was I released a beat tape. First beat tape, I think, was called... Um, I think it had... I forgot what it was. Actually, I completely forgot. But there were, there were 10 beats. And the second time, it was... There were seven beats, right? So I released 17 free beats. I put them online. I let people download them. They download... They downloaded the shit out of them. I think I let each one get to about 20,000 downloads, between 15 and 20,000 downloads on each of those 17 beats before I said, you know what, I'm going to start charging for my beats. When I started charging for my beats, I noticed something funny. People started coming to my uh, my blog. And they were asking me, like, oh, dude, you know about the Samro thing. What is it? Oh, dude, you know what's happening here? Cool, can you explain it to me? And I spent time in the comment section just answering people's questions. At the same time, I jumped onto all kinds of social media. I was like, if I'm gonna do this, I need to find a way. Because like, socially, I was not ready to like step out and go to these shows and go and do all this stuff. I didn't know how to, so I did what I knew how to do, which was be online. You know, just type up messages, just be in uh, an online community. I spoke to as many people as I could. I tried as many things on social media as I could. A lot of them failed. Like a lot of them failed. But some of them worked, and I slowly built up my social media pages to a point where I started to realize that some of the things were working a little bit too well, right? Um, fast forward a little bit more, um, I managed to get a feature. Uh, I, I actually, I, I, I paid for a feature with Morel. Um, you might know who he is. Uh, yeah, he, there were a couple of people that I wanted to do features with. And it just so happened that Morale was the was one of the ones that I could afford. And I think AB Crazy was the other one. In any case, um, I, I got that feature. The track didn't do so great. Morale was on a track with P.O. P.O. killed it, in my opinion. Morale was okay, but because he wasn't invested, I might have paid him money, but that's all that that was. I paid him cash. This is why I tell people to be careful with features because you're paying money and then at the end of the day, don't expect a tweet from them, don't expect anything extra. I didn't get that. I'd tag him in things and he obviously wouldn't say anything back to me. Anyway, enough about that. A couple of years later, as I sat and I worked and I built my name up, all of a sudden someone comes to, up to me and they're like, dude, I need you to mix something. Turns out he had featured Morel on my beat. So I was like, hey, if I had just been a bit patient, this would have just come to me, it would have happened. Um, the whole situation with AB crazy, same story. There was money to be paid. I didn't pay it in that situation, but I have a feature. I actually shouldn't be saying this, but I have a feature lined up with the guy. Um, and again, that's one of those things that uh, because, I mean, I was a little bit more patient and, you know, it's popped up. Sure, he wasn't as big as he was when Rans and Nyers was popping, but it's one of those things that I shouldn't have, you know, thought about rushing in the first place. So. If you're trying to do a feature because you wanted to fast track your career, just think twice. Um, yeah, so I'm going to fast forward a little bit more. Um, started doing tracks with Black Layers. Um, started doing stuff for TV. I got into library music. If you're a music producer and you haven't gotten into library music, I suggest 
jump online and start looking for a publisher please don't ask me to start telling you this publisher this publisher that if all publishers are different you need to hunt and dig when you find that publisher start submitting high quality music to them often you'll find that the amount of royalties and the amount of um, you know revenue that you can get from there will far exceed the amount of revenue you'll get doing uh, getting royalties for songs that play on track uh, on uh, on MTV base or on radio right so uh, just look into that if you're an artist I think try and do the same thing getting your stuff synced onto TV it's a bit more difficult for artists but getting your stuff synced onto the background of you know generations or rhythm city really does really is a nice form of income right so that's publishing um the whole toya feature the whole toya the lazy feature was pretty cool she followed me one day on, on on twitter i was giving out information as usual just doing my thing and then i saw a follow and i was like what the hell is this checked it was a verified account the first thing i did was panic obviously but then i followed back and then i hit her up and said you know what you know can we uh, i really dig your work i had i think i had to actually go back and check out some of her stuff just so that i wasn't i didn't sound like a complete liar an idiot and I was like, you know, I've checked out your stuff and whatnot. I really dig it. I mean, even back in the day when I just started making beats, you know, your stuff was big. Um, after I said that, I said something about, you know, it would be nice to one day work with you. And she was like, pretty, that's pretty cool, you know, send me something. I was like, oh, snap. I asked her what she wanted in terms of beats and I started making beats. I hit her up and I'm like, I've got your beats ready. And she's like... Um, I've just gone to your beat store, which is another thing I think people should do. Get a place to showcase your music, whether it's beats or songs. So that when people want to hear it, they can. She went and she found a beat. And I was like, but all my beats sound like nothing that she'd jump on. Turns out she went for a beat that I made in 2009. Mind you, this was 2017. So you can imagine how many years later she she like she still messed with that beat and that track played all over tv music video royalties on the way and i'm like it's 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 pretty crazy to think that a beat that you could be making today or a song that you could be making today is only going to make you money in freaking 2022 so yeah just just think about that for a second but yeah other than that like just to wrap things up real quick um i think the best thing the best thing that I've learned to do is to not so much have goals, but have activities based on those goals. So everyone says, yeah, yeah, I want to make this much money from music in this amount of time. I want to have this many tracks playing on radio in this amount of time. Take that information and turn it into activities. So to say something like, I want to have this many tracks on radio, what does that mean? It means I'm going to need a lot more music out there. What does that mean? That means I need to be making songs a lot more often. Great. Now you've got your activity make songs every day simple um, i want to have tracks on i don't know I, I want my stuff to be published i want it to be sitting on every on every channel on tv what does that mean that means you need to be making beats often what does that mean it means great you need to create a schedule where you're making beats regardless of whether you've got a nine to five whether you're busy you've got a family you've got all kinds of extras around you turn your goals into activities and then do those activities every day then you'll see things will start to, you know, just start to happen for you.